We are starting off this episode with a spoiler alert. You're about to hear a recap of the 5v5 tournament of the All-Star Event 2017. Now, if you don't want it spoiled, skip this episode or listen to it after you've watched. Now that you've been warned, here's the recap. Day 1 of All-Stars kicks off with North America having a convincing win against Brazil. However, they later lose a painfully close game to China to end the day 1-1. Another team that finished 1-1 for the day were the favorites for the tournament, Korea. As expected, they defeated Europe's squad in a typical Korean fashion, giving false hope and kills, but keeping a gold lead and then suddenly kicking it into overdrive to stop the game. However, the LMS using a painfully strong Zoe got an early lead and kept it in a destructive stomp against Korea. LMS later gained a win off of Turkey to finish the day 2-0. China defeated Southeast Asia later in the day to put them at the top of their group 2-0. Europe, Southeast Asia, Turkey, and Brazil all played only one game that day and finished 0-1. Now day 2 starts off with Europe grabbing the first win against Turkey, but handedly losing their third and last game to the undefeated LMS. Europe ends the group stages 1-2. NA has their last game against Southeast Asia to help ensure getting out of group stages and possibly a tiebreaker. NA takes an early lead with 3 kills initiated by Afrimu on Alistar. However, Southeast Asia wins all the team fights until they close out the underdog story. North America ends 1-2. Then, Southeast Asia continues their unexpected strength by closing out their game against Brazil, who has not found a win yet. Southeast Asia ends 2-1. Korea goes into their last match with an easy victory against Turkey, ending 2-1. Turkey ends winless at 0-3. Brazil ends group stages against China, unable to find a win, ending 0-3 as well. Both China and LMS seal the first seeds into playoffs with an undefeated record 3-0. And Southeast Asia and Korea, second seeds with 2-1 records. This leads into the playoff matches with China versus Korea and LMS versus Southeast Asia. Now Saturday starts off with the first best of three matchup, LMS versus Southeast Asia. SEA brings out Akali, an extremely rare but exciting assassin but proves lackluster in their match as LMS stomps the game showing why Akali isn't a common pick. Now game 2 looks just like game 1 where LMS just teamfights better and stomps with beautiful misfortune alts. With those two wins, LMS awaits their opponents for the final. The second best of three is China versus Korea. It's a classic matchup as they are considered the strongest two regions and was the expected finals matchup. Match 1 was an intense and bloody match with fights breaking out all across the map. But China breaks through with a few favorable skirmishes and catches. With a Baron buff, China busts through Korea's base to win the first game. Game 2 has China taking a lead, but Faker keeps the game close with some Zoe outplays. Korea takes a lead with more kills in the bloody game and does a number on China's base, but Faker gets caught out and China looks to end the game. However, during that hectic fight, China lost sight of Korea's minions pounding on their base as the minions finish the game for Korea in a dramatic win at 50 minutes. Hashtag Winions. Game 3, the final game of the best of 3, China again takes an early lead against Korea, but China's gold lead is minimal. Until it isn't. China continues the pressure until Korea finally breaks and China takes the win looking extremely, extremely strong. With this incredible upset and China's amazing performance, China finds themselves facing LMS in the finals. Now the last day was the best of 5 finals and it goes all 5 games. Game 1 and Game 2 get traded between LMS and China with the team gaining the first lead, keeping it and sealing the game. Game 3 was a crazy one. It starts off bloody with LMS having a strong lead, 
but what does a lead matter when the game goes 80 minutes? LPL hold it out team fight after team fight until they finally secure a Baron and Elder Drake to give them the strength to push and end a grueling game. Game 4. LMS is down the majority of the game until Karsa gets a Baron Steal and turns the momentum. LMS finishes the last fight with a quadra kill on AD carry Bebe on Ezreal. It comes down to the final Game 5 with LMS winning 2 and China winning 2. Game 5 looks close but China keeps a gold lead. Uzi, on one of his signature champions Ezreal, team fights to victory sealing the deal around the 40 minute mark to finish the best of 5 and giving Uzi his first international first place finish. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Eye of the Watchers, giving you all the information you need to get hyped about League of Legends esports. I'm your host, Sam, aka Just Casual. Here I have with me Manny, aka Manster. Hello, everyone. What's up? Hello. Yeah, hope you guys enjoyed that little intro that we did, just kind of giving a summary of the 5v5. So obviously there are spoilers. You should have heard that at the beginning that I mentioned. But anyway, if you haven't figured it out, we're going to be talking about the All-Star event. Yes, yet again. Um, all-star yeah. event concluded we're going to be talking about what happened if you've missed it and you kind of want to look back on it there's about 13 hours of footage I think just in the 5v5s if you don't have 13 hours we're just going to let you know which matches were the most hype and most fun and just go just talk about the tournament and what we think about it so with that let's start off what were the matches to watch for the 5v5s what is, what is that for you Manny um, I'm gonna say that one of my favorite matches to watch was the LMS versus Korea. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a very interesting. Uh, they only got to play once because they were in the same group, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And it was still very interesting, right? Um, I mean, again, spoilers uh, and stuff, but uh, the LMS were able to prove themselves, kind of. And <laughs> we talked about this last episode, right? Like, yep, yep, yep. Were they going to be the weak region that we had always seen? The answer was no. So it was really fantastic to see, especially against the winning region, right? Like the region everyone looks up to, uh, Korea. Granted, yes, it's, again, kind of like a mashed up team um, of in individuals, but I think it was still very interesting. And Karsa just played out of his mind. Um, yeah, the whole tournament. So, the, yeah, it, I mean... That's why I say I think my 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 main two matches were definitely LMS versus Korea and then LMS versus the LPL, which is the final series. Uh -huh. That you're gonna need a lot of time to watch every single game, <laughs> but I highly recommend it. I think, uh, like like we mentioned, like Cars just played out of his goddamn mind. Like it, it, you know, I hadn't seen someone like pretty much hard carry a game like he mm -hmm. did, or or hard like. Just defend, you know, like he was, and he was playing like crazy picks. He was going with his, you know, usual Lee Sin, and I think seeing Carsa play on Lee Sin is like one of the Super best things. Super spicy, ever. man. Yeah, sure. Yeah, cool. Yeah, the other games that I would think are, of course, the NA ones because we're all NA fanboys, right? Everyone <laughs> knows that NA is gonna win the next All Stars and uh, probably Worlds this year. <clears throat> anyway, oh yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but the two games that we're gonna be talking about are not. Happy games. <laughs> so NA did not do too hot. Uh, the two games that I want to mention, though, are NA versus LPL or China. That one was really, really exciting. It came down to the wire and unfortunately just ended in a nasty team fight. LPL played out of their mind and um, 
but it was a really exciting game. It was a very bloody game too. So that one's a very entertaining one to watch. Just prepare for a heartbreak. Then also the NA versus GPL or Southeast Asia team. Oh my gosh. So Southeast Asia, let, let me just say this. I'm not sure if we talked about this on the previous episodes because of the new news. GPL didn't bring their all-star team because of visa issues. So actually only Levi, the jungler, was the only player that was voted to actually come to all-stars because I guess he traveled, so it was easy to get his visa. But the other four players could not get their visa, so they sent basically... I don't even know how they chose. I think they just picked any... like. I'm guessing maybe Riot or someone picked like, okay, what are the best players and can we get them visas? And whoever they could, they just Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it was like people that either already had them or mm-hmm. it was going to be easier. Um, like you mentioned- they didn't have time. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have time. I mean, it, it's really sad, right? Um, yeah. But at the same time, it, it was a team with vi- like a lot of ambition, right? Like I'm, yes, I'm yes. really glad that Levi was able to go. Uh, I think, I mean, out of everyone- Right, I mean, he was the most voted player. He had ninety six yeah. percent of the votes for his role. So, like, I'm glad he was able to go. And we we got we got good players anyway. You know, um, yeah. I mean, Fofo. At, at first, we were like, "Who the hell is Fofo?" You know, who is this guy? <laughs> now we know, right? Now the world knows. Uh, uh-huh. It's such a small region; you don't get to see that. But yeah. again, we were able to witness it. We were able to witness some some good things from the team. Uh, another yeah. one is uh, Jisoo, which we'll we'll mention. <laughs> In a little bit, uh, mainly because of his 1v1 performances. Um, very creative player. And again, it's just like it was fun to see, right? It was uh yeah. kind of uh the new 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 guys, right? Uh, I mean they some of them came from Singapore and stuff like that. So it was like really nice that like for for their matches, you know, that you don't usually even see them um on Twitch and stuff. Like it was nice to be mm-hmm. able to to actually experience some some new talent. Yeah, so watching the NA versus GPL match, it was, I think, pretty bloody. It was full of action, and eventually GPL won it. But still a good game to watch. Uh, just don't cry at the end because that kind of sealed the deal for uh, NA. Which yeah, is sad, really, sadly. Oh, so sad. There was so much excitement because everyone was talking after day one that there could be tiebreakers because... Uh, if <laughs> yeah. they were tiebreaker, then you would send it would be a shootout style where they'd send representative from each representatives from each region to one v one, and I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds so exciting. That would've been cool if we got three way ties for second place or like three way ties for first place because that was all possible. You could possibly have a four way tie, I think, after first place if all the like um, if everything fell into place that way. Yeah, no tiebreakers really just yeah, it, it was. I hated that they announced it because I was so I was like, man, these are the teams that could get tied. I was like going through all the scenarios, none of them happened. <laughs> I was like so disappointed. Um, I do I do want to mention that like at, in the end, yes, and they had a disappointing tournament. But mm-hmm. for example, their match against China, it was very close, right? Yes, like it came down to one fight. Yeah, uh, and at, I don't even think NA day. threw it. I think just like. China just China played just played, played it. Better. Yeah, it. just played. I I won't say like perfectly, but like mm-hmm. it was it was damn near perfect, right? And I think like we we can get a lot, right? I mean these these are teams that don't even get to play, right? I mean, Abirson was interviewed, right? And he said like one of his big issues with the tournament was that like I mean, what's the incentive to play seriously when there's like no tournament prize there's nothing right it's just kind of like bragging rights but like that doesn't mean you're going to take time 
from like your family. You you've you've been playing this whole year, right? Like you're gonna mm-hmm. take some time to be with your family, be stuff. It's near the holidays, but so that's not to say that I mean some of the teams didn't try. I think like the one of the hardest trying teams was definitely China. They 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 proved that they were going to win that tournament, right? Like yeah, they, they were, boot camp for like two weeks beforehand while most of the, like NA didn't play at all together, I think until like the day of or day before. So Yeah, I think it was the day before that, or like two days before that they actually started like practicing mm-hmm. um, together. And some, and, of the, some of the players haven't, that was like their first time playing preseason because they didn't play after Worlds because they're, yeah, like you said, visiting family on vacation, stuff like that. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I wouldn't be too critical. Uh, I think it's, it's like one of my main concerns. People are, are, are always like, oh, but NA did awful again. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's the All-Stars. Like, yes, it's supposed to be more serious, but and honestly, like, why? Right? Like, teams were not going to take it that seriously unless you were China and, like, you had a lot of pride in the tournament. You wanted to prove that you could beat, uh, you know, some of the best. I, I think it was um, interesting. Another good series, um, like, kind of like an honorable mention, uh, was the other semifinal, which was the LPL versus Korea. A lot of people thought that was going to be the final. So, I mean, we got in the semis, but had some interesting games as well. Yep, went to all three games for the best of three for that one. Yeah. Cool. All right, so for 1v1s, um, we're not going to go through like how I did for the 5v5s, like how it all played out. It's really short. You probably can watch all of them within like an hour and a half or maybe even less than that if you just skip through all the analysts and stuff like that. Yeah. It's really, really quick. It was, I thought it was really, really exciting. It was a lot of fun to watch. My Um, favorite part of the tournament. (laughs) Yeah, especially because like there's no meta. So everyone's figuring things out during the tournament. The tournament probably did not end with like the most efficient way to play the game either. So that was really exciting. It all came down to Uzi defending his title from last year and Bjergsen, who won it the year before that. Uzi won 2-1. The first two games were super, super close. The last game was a little bit of a mistake on Bjergsen or underestimation or just lack of understanding, you know, 1v1s. Uh, oh, for for yeah. sure. It was definitely, uh, definitely a lot more one-sided, but regardless, it's still... You know, it was, Very it, was, exciting. it was exciting for sure. I mean, I think some people might have been saying, you know, ah, oh, yeah, but Bjergsen hasn't been like, you know, himself. So maybe, maybe this is him showing, you know, I mean, he he, he played all only mid lane picks. So, uh-huh. uh, you know, and he, he showcased his skill, which was uh, really fun. Yeah. But. And, and again, this is, it's interesting because I think, what people said was 1v1s isn't really a test of who has better mechanics. It's a test of who understands 1v1s better. Yeah. And that really shows throughout the whole thing. And even Bjergsen talking about Uzi's performance, he's like, yeah, you could see like he knew the matchup and he knew where his power spikes were better and all this kind of stuff. And that's why uh, he lost. And if you think about it, LPL has been training for two weeks for All-Stars, not necessarily 1v1s, but you have Bjergsen who hasn't played the game as often or as recently so he didn't train super super hard for 1v1s although he was prepared slightly i mean he got to the finals so yeah this is definitely not a test of who's better mechanically and stuff like that but uzi definitely won it fair and square and he was a better player this whole weekend yeah yeah i mean he he definitely was and i think we can easily go into some of like the highlights uh if you want to if you quickly want to know like top matches to watch um, we mentioned Jisoo earlier. Dude, this guy 
every single match he played was literally like came down to less than like 50 health. One attack, one spell, one power yeah. shot, one it, it, something. <laughs> I highly recommend it. He he was very entertaining to watch. I mean, again, he, he knew that he might not be able to beat some of the players in like mechanical level, right? So he, he came up with these crazy strategies. So that that's definitely, those matches uh, I think were definitely good. Um, my God, this this next one, Sneaky <laughs> versus BRTT. They played the ADC matchup. It was beautiful. They both played their mains, like their pocket picks. Amazing. Came down yeah, that to was a fun one. Literally one grenade bounce, one W. Like it was just fantastic. Did you see the Reddit post about that? No. Oh, so there's this Reddit post that talked about it was kind of like a little a whining but at the same time like really really in depth so i really appreciated it it was talking how it was unfair because the last wave yes sneaky loses by one cs the last wave sneaky had one less minion to hit than brtt because what happens in howling abyss like a few patches ago uh, like a handful of patches ago in the season they made a lopsided where canyon minions would spawn on alternate alternating waves for each team Yep. So that also happened in Howling Abyss for the 1v1 map made for this tournament where the cannon minion was not there, I guess, for Sneaky. And he lost by 1 CS and he's like, oh, see, this is like blah, 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 blah. Ultimately, it doesn't matter because he everyone missed CS somewhere. But right. I thought it was really interesting because it was super, super in-depth about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think even Froggen, uh, I'm pretty sure, tweeted about it and actually said... Uh, that that in itself kind of like took away from the actual like how to handle the one v one. It was more of like how how well did you know how to handle like wave management, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I could see. I mean, I, I think it's it's looking a little bit too in depth for it. I mean, people were having fun. Uh, if you want just like the the chillest of the matches, it was prey versus reckless. <laughs> it was really funny, you know. It was, it was. I think the the most lighthearted one. Um, it, it was just like they were having fun with it, right? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I think talking about prey, his match versus Uzi, super close, very interesting. Um, you know, like it, it, you you saw like the two coins of uh, the the two sides of of the coin, you know, with prey with like. Him being super lighthearted and then having to take it like super seriously because Uzi was like, "I'm not losing this." this yeah, tournament. Uzi had like a stone cold face every single match. Like nothing wasn't talking because it's interesting because voice comms are open, so both players can talk to each other. Uzi just like not having any of it, just quiet, stone cold. Like after he wins, he's like a small glint. Like you see a little smirk, but like still stone cold eyes. And when he loses, he's like contemplating like touching his like chin like hmm what did i do wrong and like how do i how do i counter like he was so serious well prey just smiling the whole time and laughing and ha 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 and like trying to be like friendly with people but like uzi wasn't having any of it <laughs> yeah for sure um yeah. so it was definitely i mean it was it was definitely good um and i, I think the, the last one is uh faker versus bjergsen right i mean mm-hmm it was definitely an interesting technique taken by Bjergsen. Um We obviously know he beat Faker, but it, it was it was very interesting. It also it was it ended up being pretty close. Um, 
you know, people, I think people always find things to complain about. It's like, oh, but they went for the 100 CS. Like, well, yes, you know, like that's, that's a way to win that game mode. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think like you, you, people should complain about winning a game. Maybe it's not the flashiest and the best, right? But yeah, if you outthink your opponent, if you, you know, you, 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 there's a way to outplay them with that. So, yeah, I will say if you have the time, watch them all. I think one of the cool things about this is that if you watch them all, and I think the casters do a good job on explaining this, you can see the meta or like the way you're supposed to play the game kind of evolve like people are figuring things out people are taking different masteries that uh, the casters really talk about a lot and how they think that some of these are inefficient you start seeing how the meta changes and evolves over these 1v1 matches and over three days it kind of gets to a place where people think this is the best stuff then you have people like jisoo that is completely destroying the destroying the meta and doing his own thing and actually finding a lot of success and almost like winning like it's really, really cool if you're interested in seeing how that evolves in a very, very short time span. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And and huge, huge props to the casters. Um again, I I might be biased. I still think they, they do such a fantastic <laughs> job, but I, I think especially with the one v ones, explaining some some small things about the runes and masteries, I think they they did a really good job with that yeah. as well. Yeah, because they I mean they don't know, right? They're right. figuring things out just like the pros are. Uh, they might be more knowledgeable with the pros at some things and not. So, like, it, yeah, it's really, really interesting. And I think they do a good job. So, moving for, on. For sure. So, the tournament is now done. What do we get from this tournament? What did we learn about... Yeah, what did we learn from this tournament? Uh, Poke is king. I think, <laughs> I think every single match was made out of... Um, all right, maybe not every single match. There was a couple like more, more all in, but for the most mm-hmm. part, the tournament started and you just see so many MF bands, right? Um, she was definitely one of like, the highest picked AD slash ports. Um, because, because again, just the, the amount of poke you could do, I mean, you'd even have like Nar, who was picked, uh, I think, the second highest in the tournament, he almost always brought Aerie, right? Or Comet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's it was just like, how do I make sure that I get as much poke as possible, right? And it's kind of ridiculous, but, I mean, they, they were doing it. <laughs> you know, I think I think they played even a Camille game, and she had Aerie, and I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd say definitely... As of right now, I mean, granted, yeah, it's not as a series of a tournament, but as of right now, it seems that poke is is still kind of like the way to go. Uh, yeah. so, so you know, I, I've played MF support. I've played MF. You know, I mean, she is she is a very high uh, pick champion, and in the games I've participated in, mm-hmm. I understand why. I mean, it's just annoying to deal with with the amount of harass you get from her. Yeah, you add a Zareth into the bot lane with arcane comment with that. It's just so (laughs) oppressive. And then, you know, again, you have a meta, which everyone like is theory crafting is the strongest. Then you have something to counter the meta. So like you mentioned, we saw a lot of hard engage like Leona's and Alistar's going and finding a lot of success too, because the meta is poke. And what counters that hard engage. So we saw plenty of those. I think Leona had a really, really high win rate. This, she had a 71% win rate. Um, so, then you have Annie who has a 66% win rate. 
Shen and 71%. So you still saw a lot of that hard engage to counter that poke. That being said, also, I would say that according to my solo queue games, everyone picks assassins and squishy champions. Don't think we saw that here. We saw a lot of tanks as well still playing being played in the jungle on top lane and support. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, as terms of assassins, probably like Lee Sin is the closest mm-hmm. thing. Like some people might be like, oh, he's not really an assassin. I think he is. I think his mobility is just so ridiculous. I and mean, once that. you put a dust blade on him, he's an assassin. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, you know, it was, it was very interesting. Again, like, just like the whole poke mentality, like you were saying. And yeah, we did see some Alistar. Tom Kench was actually a huge pick. Oh, um, so painful. What a horrible yeah, champion. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it's just the most frustrating champion to play against, in all honesty. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we just stunned their, you know, like their most important carry. Oh, we can't do anything. Because Tom just Kench just runs away. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's very interesting, you know. Um, I think. He ended up starting to get like pretty much pick ban, um, towards like the the after the first like day, he was like yeah. almost one hundred percent pick ban. Um, so it was interesting, right? You know, again tank tank supports and and that kind of like opened up the the jungle role to to get a little bit more creative. Yep. So what about what about what do we learn about champions this game? Like specific champions. Um. That you should not leave Zoe open. Um, <laughs> and especially, competitive. I would say in competitive. Like. In competitive, yeah. For sure in competitive. I mean, I know people, all people, like a lot of people like ban her. I've been playing her so much, like even more so. And I've gotten her a good amount of times. And, you know, I don't necessarily like just dominate my lane. I don't, I like, it takes time to learn her. So I don't think she's like a must ban, but she did get picked five times, I'm pretty sure. And she had an 80% win rate. So. And yeah, she was, it was the second most banned champion. So, the yeah, people that left her open regretted it. Four <laughs> really, out of five really times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then that's one, and I think the other one is uh the the man, the myth, the legend in the top lane, um, Orn. He was just. I think we only saw him once this tournament, if I'm not mistaken. He was banned like 21 times and he was only played once yeah he, and he's really strong i'm pretty sure he he won you know i'm pretty sure he won <laughs> but uh it, it's just one of those things where it's like you, you don't you don't want to deal with them right um this was pre-nerfs quote unquote nerfs uh air quotes uh on that one but it you know he, he's just so oppressive like what can't he do right he can engage he can disengage he can 1v1 a carry it's like very small things he, he can't do he, he has decent sustain he has shields like he has damage even though he's tanky yeah exactly and it, it's just i don't know it's just it kind of i mean it is ridiculous right but yep. uh i mean i think i think this in particularly will definitely make make riot look at him uh and and nerf him even a bit more. I will say, if you're playing solo queue, learn to play Orin because mechanically he's not that complicated, so it doesn't take that much time to learn. He doesn't have bad matchups. He only, yeah, he doesn't have a bad matchup. No, I mean, then, I think, I think if anything, you might struggle against some ranged uh, champions, but if you know how to CS under tower, if you know how to 
Or just engage on them because he does yeah, have a gap closer. Yeah, if if you can handle your QE, then you should be mm-hmm. fine. Or or just uh, ban him. Always ban him. He's my go-to ban. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I I just leave him open if I because I've been going like mid top and I've been playing like uh, Zoe Mal's mid mm-hmm. and then Orn and Malkai top. Four of the most broken champions, <laughs> but um, you know, like if, if they if they don't ban Orn, I insta lock him, and I'm just like I'm gonna I'm gonna be slowly learning him, you know, like mm-hmm. one game at a time. And I've had some crazy games where it's like there's no reason I should win, and then I like I I stay alive when it was like a two v two v one, you know, and it's just like I, I end up killing them. I don't know, it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. um, yeah. for sure. Cool. So another thing that I wanted to mention is when we talk about the top regions, at least, I don't know about, I really can't speak to Brazil and Turkey or more of the wildcard region and stuff, but I'm sure they do apply to this at some degree. But mechanically, the top regions are all there. Like they're all really good. And we saw that because you saw NA who has really good talent there, like struggling and losing to GPL, which is a very small region. Prob- are they considered a wild card? They probably are, right? Uh, yes, I'm pretty sure. I think mm-hmm. like they're slowly not like mm-hmm. they're slowly uh, gaining because of how well they've been doing in international tournaments. Gotcha. That they're like they're like gaining like a ranking. Yeah, like, so you still see those regions competing well against the major regions, and you see Korea, who is the best like really unquestionably the best region they sent a super super dream team like that is the scariest team you would ever see on the rift and they lost to lpl right who again has good mechanical players as well and my conclusion from that is that mechanically mechanics don't matter too much when it all comes down to communication teamwork and macro like those are the determining differences of how well how good a region is actually and, and knowledge probably, which all kind of ties into all three of those things because you saw LPL who is, as far as I know, the only region that really prepared for this. They spent two weeks boot camping and getting really getting ready to win the all-star event while everyone else took breaks, vacations, and just took this event not as seriously because, again, there's no cash prize. There's not really a good motivation unless you're a very prideful person which uh, I think LPL were very prideful and they wanted to win this really badly, so they trained for it. You yeah. saw them play well and beat a team that was very, very, very scary and good. And the thing that I take from that is because they trained and they knew how to work together compared to all the other regions. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that that's a great point. And I mean, you know... Carso did an interview, uh, you know, from the LMS. He did an interview where it's like, um, "Oh, how how did you perform so well against um, Korea?" And you know, he was saying he's like, "Oh, well, it was easy to pick out Faker because he was the only SK team member, right?" Oh, and yeah, it's like, yeah. it's like stuff like that. It's like, in hindsight, does it matter? Like, no. Like, people are still gonna consider Faker one of the best if not the best right player in, in the world. Mm-hmm. But again, with without the synergy, which is something we have talked about in the past couple of weeks, you know, a couple of episodes uh, that we've talked about last All-Stars mm-hmm. is that, yeah, like, I, I'm not going to take any assumption that Korea did not practice for this. 100% they did. But 
maybe they weren't all in it, right? Like it, it's been a, a long time, you know. Like Worlds was very draining for for the teams. Like they just finished Kespa Cup. Yeah, they just had finished Kespa Cup. Like so, it, it's really difficult to just like come back and and do that. So. I, I think I, I'm going to agree. I mean, again, if there was an incentive, like money prize and stuff, I think maybe you see a different Korean team, like in the sense of like performance-wise. But yeah. it, it wasn't, yeah, I don't, I don't think like differences were, were too astronom- astronomical aside from probably the wildcard regions. Yeah. So with that, I want to talk about some false conclusions that we're hearing a lot about things that you might've worried about, because I think we had conclusions that we made and there's plenty of conclusions that are just probably not right. So the first one being Korea is worse than LPL or Korea is bad. I think we just addressed that a little bit with what we talked about. The other one I want to say is, is NA or specifically is TSM bad? If you're a TSM fan, Watching All-Stars, when you have TSM's new coach, you have Hanser and Bjergsen, who are the top and mid laner of TSM. Then you have Mike Young, the the rookie prodigy galore that uh, is their jungler. Uh, so that's what? That's four people. Four people from TSM, basically. Yep. And they do poorly. Yep. What do we say about that? Um, I mean, I think I think the players themselves address this, right? Um, for Hans and Bjergsen, they they were like interviewing. It's like that was the first time they had Mud Song, like actually saw their coaching style. They they said it was amazing. He he did like a fantastic job, but it's the first time they they had been coached by him. Um, and it was the first time they had actually played with Mike Young mm-hmm. in a competitive sense. They had played um, like solo, you know, solo queue and stuff like mainly Bjergsen. And then, you know, you kind of like people were saying, haha, like TSM's holding sneaky back. And it's like, jokes aside, kind of. I mean, not in the sense of like, oh, TSM's awful and like they're holding sneaky back, but it's just like, it's, it's weird, right? It's like, it's like, oh, yeah, they're my teammates. I should be probably like around them more, you know? Um, not, not outside the game, just purely like inside the game. But I, I, I don't think so. I mean, even they don't, don't, seemed like phased at all like they were like yeah it was just we practiced like two days and we already think that this coach is such like such a huge improvement that we're probably just gonna win and you also and you also have uh the jungle support synergy is really not there because aframu never played with mike young aframu is a very seasoned veteran while mike young is not and then you put them all players that they've never really played before with so it's yeah. just like when it comes to shot calling communication who knows what was happening in those games yeah exactly and i think jungle jungle support synergy is something that gets thrown out a lot that i think that's that's a whole whole different topic that that we'll have to discuss uh hopefully in the intent. near near future yeah intent <laughs> um but you're right. You know, I mean, I think, I think this this definitely helped Mike Young, though. You know, kind of like a, a little more glimpses at the the international success, right? Or at the international tournament, he he got to also play with Afremu, right? Arguably one of the best like shot callers, or you know, like mm-hmm. shot call shot calling minded people in NA and stuff. So. 
I think that that that's really good. So again, NA fans, TSM fans in particular, I don't think you, you really have to worry too much. I also agree. And when it comes to TSM, like they might not even do all well the split as well. I'm kind of tangenting, but like they are fixing the communication issues and that's going to take a while. That's not yeah. an easy thing where you just grind solo queue games like that. Communication takes a long time to fix, but uh, yeah. And his performance yeah, was very yeah. <laughs> unfortunate, but I wouldn't worry too much about it. Yeah, last I, th- I agree. So the last thing is the gap closing. The gap is closing because China just beat Korea, right? So I think this is interesting because this goes even farther back to Riff Rivals when China also beat Korea and people are like, <laughs> oh my God, it's crazy. At the end of the day, who who won the world? Who Korea. are the two top player, two top teams in the world, right? Korea. Like... <laughs> Was is SKT in a decline? Is SKT like was it a close series against RNG? Yes, of course. But they still won, you know, like <laughs> is the gap closing? I'm gonna say yes, but it in a like again, in a way that we're not even sure, right? Not fast enough. Right. And I, I mean I think again it comes to team dynamics and even player dynamics, right? Mm-hmm. Um I think there was there was a whole controversy real quick, uh, you know, because this could even be a, a longer issue. But there was a whole controversy. I mean, all the players got invited to Disneyland, right? Mm-hmm. And they got to go and everything. And there was controversy from the Brazil team uh, because they their coach tweeted out that Turkey decided to cancel scrims because their players wanted to stay longer in. Um, in Disneyland. So they canceled scrims like two hours before. And everyone's so jet lagged, but you know, the, the Brazilian coach says that it was only Brazil and Korea in the LCS studio, like practicing. <laughs> but they couldn't, they, like, they weren't scrimming them, right? Because uh-huh. Korea was scrimming like China and, or they were scrimming like NA or whatever, right? It, it was just like, Man, it's crazy, right? Like, it was, um, so, like, who, who knows, right? I mean, it's the end of the year, so not all players are there. Not all teams are there. Look, China ended up winning all of this. China did beat Korea. But NA had an extremely close game with China. That yeah. I I honestly feel it was, like, 50-50. Yeah, I think we would have seen a great series if it was Korea versus NA, and they probably still ends up losing it. <laughs> but I I do think that it's not that far. But at the same time, I think just player wise, it's just too far, right? I don't think like I don't think we can come close. I don't think it's a player thing, right? Because we talked about the mechanics thing. I well, think well, well, like yeah. A- well, it's I'm saying more of like a a player thing in the sense of macro, like knowledge, not not gotcha. mechanics. That's fair enough. Yeah, Korea is known to have players that understand all roles and have played all roles on solo queue. While NA is like, I play support and that's it. I play top and that's it. So they don't really understand what all the roles need, and they don't have that wide knowledge about like what a mid laner should be building if you're playing AD carry and stuff like that. They don't have that kind of depth that a lot of Korean players do. That's a big criticism of NA compared to Korea. Right. I mean, again, take take the comparison of Faker and Bjergsen. Um, 
Bjergsen very rarely sways from mid lane when he's playing Silk. Mm. You, Faker plays everything. <laughs> he played Nasus in the one v one. I mean, yeah, but like he also like he. I'm quite sure he has never asked for mid. Oh, what, that's funny. Like, like he never asks for mid. He just he's like, oh, I got top. All right, I'm top. Oh, I mm-hmm. got jungle. I'll jungle. You know, like he understands the game in such a level that he doesn't mind playing other roles, right? Because he can play them at still like a high level. Like yep. he'll always be like the star, amazing mid laner that mm-hmm. you fear. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he's so comfortable and he has such an understanding of the other roles that he doesn't he doesn't need to only play mid he doesn't just want to play mid he wants to expand his knowledge right which again is is the criticism and i think that until players change that the gap is is going to be too too astronomical quote unquote but i think like in a good day yeah you, you could probably see a very close series right yep yep i agree okay so uh to conclude this episode all-star event what was good? What was bad? What are your thoughts, improvements, etc.? I liked it. But I think it was it was also very like thanks to the 1v1. If it wasn't for the uh, 1v1 tournament, okay. I I I I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. I did watch like all the matches, but I don't know. I mean, again, it's like is it's serious, but it's not. It felt like Riot didn't know what they wanted to do with it, and that in turn made the players not sure either. You know? Yeah, I would so, love. I would love All Stars become just a fun tournament. I would like to see like one v ones, two v twos, um, mixing up teams and putting them into like I don't necessarily like the tandem mode where like one person plays keyboard, one player plays mouse, but like put them onto like dark star like the dark star singularity map or something like that where it's just everyone's playing thresh and just have like 10 support players on it or we're like have those kind of fun things where like there's nothing really on the line except fun stuff and maybe you can have like a a small prize pool or something that like benefits the players for fun like a i don't know maybe a trophy is probably not motivating enough but something fun to keep people like competitive but like it yeah. doesn't matter and we could be lighthearted because honestly the casting especially the casting was very lighthearted and i like that because we saw personality of the casters come out and then making jokes instead of being super serious but again that threw me off because we're like wait this is a serious 5v5 isn't it oh it's not it's like they're keeping it really lighthearted and do like i like the backstage interviews with like freak like those were fun to see that i wanted to see the personalities and everyone become like find reasons to care about GPL suddenly when they're in the next like MSI. We're like, oh, I remember I remember Jisoo. I'm going to root for Jisoo because he's playing he's playing against Brazil who I have no care about or something like like give me reasons to care about these players that I never get to see so that the next time I see an international event, I actually kind of care. Right? Damn, poor Brazil. Don't worry, Brazilians. I got your back. I care <laughs> I like, about it. <laughs> I like BRTT, although I'm kind of I'm kind of salty now that he beat Sneaky. That was really painful because I really wanted to see Sneaky move on. But, you know, like I know who BRTT is because of previous events and him carrying really hard on like a Draven. I was like, that was super exciting. Right. Um, I, I don't know who a lot of the players are still after the All-Star event because I didn't watch every single game. 
after, especially after NA got kicked out, like I didn't have much of investment in it anymore. Right? Yeah, I mean, if, I th- I think I was still like interested. Um, I mean, even for the final, I had more as background noise originally yeah, yeah. until one of the games just never ended, and I was like, "What's going on?" And I realized <laughs> they were like eighty minutes in, and I was like, "Oh my, what what did I miss? I don't even, yeah, I yeah. can't even watch this game." Yeah. Um, like even at two two times speed, that's a forty minute game. Like it's just <laughs> too much. Um. But, I mean, I think even the players, right? Like, like what what we started kind of like off with. Um, some players, if it, if you're not gonna give them an incentive for it to be serious, they're not gonna put the time, you know. Yeah. And then if you still have fun modes, which I think you should, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what what's gonna happen, right? Like, I think it's just so difficult. I yeah. I really. I want Riot to reevaluate and really, really think about how they're going to do all sorts for next year. Yeah, and I'm glad they experimented this year too. I'm oh, glad for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, um, we have to be patient, though. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this year with like their events are a little bit slower on releasing uh-huh. stuff. Like, I mean, even Worlds, like there was the whole there's no hype videos until like a day before Worlds started and everyone's like, oh, okay. You know? Um, and it's like, it was kind of similar with, with uh, All-Star, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, maybe, yeah, maybe Team Fire, Team Ice is a little bit too far, but like, I don't know. I, I think it, All-Star, All-Star games are supposed to be fun. I mean, in every sport, they are. You know, they're yeah. not really that serious, so. Yep. And uh, something interesting, which might be actually not the most uh let's see my opinion is probably not going to be the general opinion about this but i actually liked that because they kept it easy for the players to get to like that was the whole intent of putting it in the battle re- battle arena in the lcs studio was to really focus on the pro players experience being like comfortable i really do like that hearing that they brought all the pros out to disneyland to like hang out and have fun rather than like, we're going to have you travel. It's going to be super serious. You are going to be displaced from, you know, a lot of scrims and an important time and things as like it's preseason and people are signing and new teams are getting together and need to like play and practice on stuff and not keeping them out of that really like hard competitive work hard, but travel, have fun, meet fans, have a good experience. So you want to do all stars next time. I appreciated that. Hopefully it can be in a bigger venue. That being said, I don't know if you can have everything. And I do like that they kept it easy for the players. I really do appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, and I agree. You know, I mean, again, I'm, I'm just going to go with like what I heard from some players, right? Is that. Let's say they were to go to like a Hawaii, right? It was place exotic place right Um, like let's say they were to go to like germany let's say they were going to i mean again like barcelona right they don't really get to explore the city that much because they're practicing right it's it's like kind of like i think like the issue with this event and it's again like some people like double lift made a joke or like you know joke slash serious like tweets like oh well i don't care that i didn't get in because like 
what's the what's the price pool? Nothing. Like, why would I even want to go? And yeah, it's just yeah. like, yikes! You know, like it, it it just gets tough at that point. Mm-hmm. You I know, agree. and I I hope that Riot is able to to really come through. Uh-huh. But it's still it's still gonna be interesting. You know, I mean it, it's difficult. It's it's yeah. it's I'm glad you know, I'm glad I'm not the one that, that's gonna <laughs> make the decision. Sure, um, sure. But it is it is a difficult like medium. Yep. Um, I agree. Yeah. Cool. So uh any other comments before we wrap up? Um no, I mean I'm 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 glad that twenty seventeen Pro League is uh, is coming to an end because there's so much exciting stuff for 2018. Oh, know? my God. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. I'm super hyped. Okay, so with oh, that, yeah. um, that is it for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Podcasts if you guys want just the audio form. We do have a new YouTube channel where we're posting this stuff called Eye of the Watchers uh, podcast. The link is in the episode description. There's not really much visuals to it, but we might be changing that a little bit. But if you just want to pop up YouTube while you play a game or you're doing something else, YouTube is also the way to go. You can find us there. You can tweet Manny at Manster415 or me, Sam, at JustCasual9. That is also in the episode description. And that is pretty much it for this episode of the Eye of the Watchers, where we give you all the information you need to get hyped about League of Legends esports. So until next time, see ya. Bye.